Oh my good grief, it's Havaward with Adam and Dan. Um, I like how uh, this is episode three and we, we've actually recorded a few in the bag before I got here. This is the first time I've got here and your baby's not here, but the, the potty step is still out in your bathroom. Yeah. So is that for you? You're, pr- you're virtually the only person that visits this fucking house, mate. We're an hour from my family and my and my sister's allergic to motorways. My We're two hours from my wife's family. Uh, the only person we know in Chester is Danny Mack and he's not coming around anytime soon. <laughs> Honestly, you're probably one of the only visitors, and I don't care what you think about the parties there. <laughs> I was like, in my, I was like, yeah, I've who, I don't. Adam's been here three times, so the the veneer of giving a shit has disappeared, and now I'm just like, it's just it's probably going to get worse as this podcast grows. <laughs> this house will be a fucking state every time you visit. You're like, I'm loving the podcast, but that smell. Could you sort that out? But is it for you? What has the the baby left the house? Is it for me? Are you genuinely <laughs> asking? <laughs> it's like you're six foot nine. Oh, Saul's giant, Adam. I'm five foot eight. Um, yeah, it's uh, the little little fucking step up. She still doesn't... She does that. She, she she goes, I need a wee or I need a poo and then comes to find us to tell us. You're like, let's work this the fuck out. Don't walk past the toilet to come and find us to tell us you need the toilet so that's why it's all set up ready for it to go I still do that with my missus <laughs> <laughs> just let her know not for her to come with me I just like to so you, you go up to her and go <laughs> oh my hand <laughs> just go in and go hey I'm going for a poo just uh, in case you're wondering where I'm going to be for the next 25 minutes <laughs> I, saw, I saw your tweet I saw your tweet today which one like last night you were like I oh just- I went for a poo and I, I sat there scrolling for so long that my PlayStation turned itself off. <laughs> like it went on to standby mode. Yeah. I was playing FIFA and I got to the end of the game and was like, I could do it uh, dropping the old kids off of the pool here. Um, and I went and I was just, I just got lost in like a, a Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, scrolly rabbit hole. Can I ask a question? Because <laughs> I, I do not, I do not do social media when I'm tweeting. No, that, when you sorry. Pe- when you pee yeah sorry that's a stupid little euphemism <laughs> that we've got in this house it's a great way going oh, I really need a big tweet if you just say tweet instead of shit yeah. you can A say shit in front of kids and also you can say it in polite company like oh I need to get home because I've got a big tweet coming uh, but I, I don't I literally don't use the phone how do you have you finished has everything been done have you flushed or is it well you sat there in the stench going oh god Facebook's really smelly today it's it's literally from like as soon as I sat down I'll just go on my phone and then a period of time will pass and I'll be like I think that's everything that needed to come on and I'll put my phone on on the little stand that's in the bathroom yeah so it's out the way Um, enough and then I'll wipe my bum I'll have a look at the paper see how much oh right oh right um, giving me the full fucking lowdown. <laughs> if I need another wipe, I'll do another wipe. Um, my my routine it tends to be toilet roll, toilet roll, baby wipe, toilet roll, baby wipe, toilet roll. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> You're a fucking one-man environmental crisis. My routine tends to be toilet roll, toilet roll, cry, toilet roll, scream for help, toilet roll, toilet roll, one one two, baby wife, yeah, Ajax. Do you not have a bit of baby wife on your ass? It's Florida. <laughs> Google the symptoms. <laughs> Lie down. <laughs> not baby wife. The flushables. The old flushables. I'm still. I'd like. I'm sure I'll have to go onto the flushables soon because me misses. <laughs> you know the flushables. No huggies, mate. These. You buy like multi packs of huggies. Yeah, not that house. Are you renting? I'm renting. Yeah. Yeah, first yeah. year, mate. <laughs> yeah, if it gets Jam blocked. everything down there. If it gets blocked, we'll just get a new toilet. <laughs> That's the the absolute worst thing that can happen is that the landlord comes around and goes, "Go ahead, have a new toilet." Right? Yeah. Yeah. And no. Then, I and do, in the I meantime, l- I get a nice clean bum. I I love that you've got this system. If uh, you said it to me, like there wasn't this, it wasn't even a funny bit. You were looking at me going, "Dan, I'm I'm going to let you in. I'm going to share something with you. This is my system. Baby white, baby white, toilet paper, toilet paper, toilet paper, toilet paper. I know. Paper, I got it wrong. You toilet paper. Got it. You got it wrong, yeah. Dan. You need to you get most of the toilet paper, then wet it. More toilet paper. Wet it again. Toilet paper to finish. Done. That is actually... It, it's gross, but it's really... It's, it's actually quite a good system. Yeah. I just react in the moment. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> if you do one of those Gillian McKeith ones where you just squeeze it out, it's perfect. You're like, oh my God, did that... Do, you know the ghost where you're like, oh... See, I haven't passed a solid since the late 90s. Okay. <laughs> <good>. <laughs> so... When were you born? The early 90s? Yeah. <laughs> you said that like you were in an old year man. four... <laughs> You stay uh, off. You stay off that step. That this, step is for a this perfect. This been a ropey start to episode three, isn't it? Disgusting. I'm just gonna take. I'm gonna up it. This this morning, uh, my daughter was like, "Daddy, daddy, I need a poo." Came to find me. So then, we, <laughs> where's she from? She, she, she's Asian. I've, I've adopted an Asian child. Daddy, daddy, I need a poo. Does it? The, yeah. You, while you're causing environmental disasters, I'm adopting Bangladeshi children. <laughs> <laughs> I love you weren't trying to do that though you were trying to do an actual impression of your daddy daddy I need to <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have to record my child talking she's like daddy daddy <laughs> you're making me you're making me remember my child more Asian than she is daddy daddy she's Israeli now <laughs> <laughs> Daddy, I need to do poo in the bathroom. <laughs> oh, no. Can you get me your step, please? <laughs> Daddy, get fucking step. You want Russian child? You watch Russian shit. Uh, Made of metal. That was so funny. Yeah. <coughs> and uh, popped her on there. Yeah. And then she goes, don't look at me. <laughs> in an accent. You can pick which one it was. So you have to put her there. You have to, she won't use the step. She, you have to place her there. She's in position. Then if you look at her, she's like, you don't look at me. You know, my Russian Bangladeshi child. Uh, And so I was like, right, fine. Look away. Aggressive little fucker. Then she got (laughs) bored of waiting for the poo. Went, I don't need a poo. Got off the toilet. Went to find her mum. That's two rooms away. 
then went, oh, I need a poo. And that is a ter- that's a terrible, t- I even I even knew what was about to happen. I went, Etta, get to the toilet. She took two steps. Oh my God, I got to do the job. <laughs> <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger and his Israeli, Israeli child. It's okay. Arnie, I need a poo. Get into the bathroom. Get into the she shat on the landing. Oh. She took two steps towards the bathroom and then squatted a little bit and looked at me like, what can I do, man? What can I do? <laughs> I know you're going to be annoyed, but what can I do about this? I was fucking fuming. And Laura's like, it's all right, love. Oh, it's fine. I'm like, it's not all right. She just shat on the landing. <laughs> she was on the... That's a dick move, innit? I'm on the toilet. Nah, I'm fine. Uh, who's cleaning that up? Because <laughs> it's not me. <laughs> Don't clean this shit. Uh, drunk uh, me can relate to that. I've, I've, uh, <laughs> you can relate anyway. to my two year old <laughs> just being like, What do you want me to do? It's happened now, hasn't it? That's what that drives people mad about me because, like, I, <laughs> we were talking last week about that car crash, right? D- doesn't big things that have gone wrong don't affect me, but I get really mad at small things, yeah. But as soon as something's happened, I can just be like, Right. Well, we've got to move on. Got to try and just get past this now. Whereas most normal humans want to be angry or upset when something shit has happened. Right. So if I do something really bad, Jade will be like, "What the fuck are you doing? Why have you done this? What the fuck's going on?" I'll be like, "Look, you getting pissed off is not going to help anything, is it? It's done now. It's happened now. It's done now. I've set the house on fire. The dog's dead. Like <laughs> we're relocating. It's time. To, it's time to start looking at the funeral. You shouting at me." It's just not helping. Doesn't save the dog. <laughs> Dog's not going back to life because you're pissed off. What a brilliant, annoying way to look at it. Yeah, I've really fucked up. But can we just move past that now? Yeah. I mean, what's the point in you being pissed off at me? It's not going to mean I haven't done it. But I think there there will be people listening going to stop you doing it the next time. But there's everything about your vibe is not being like oh, I got bollocked. I'll never do that again. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like y'all. Yeah. Um. I, th- I think I think at some point. Um, one of our missuses will end up being like a, a cameo guest on one of these and Jade will answer a lot of this stuff because she she gets so angry at me like the amount of times she's had to tell me when you leave the bathroom turn that light off and oh, I yeah. get annoyed that she's telling me I'm like I know that that's what you want me to do I'm still not doing it am I which means <laughs> you telling me again isn't helping she's like so what do you want me to do just about it. I'm like, yeah, that would actually be ideal. I'll turn this it off when I remember. War of attrition. Yeah, I'll turn it off when I remember. I know that that's what you want me to do. You're not. You're not telling me any new information yet. You would like that light to be turned off. I know, but sometimes I forget. <laughs> She's like all the time, <laughs> literally every time. I'm do you there. do you pay the 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 lighting bill? Yeah, that's a tricky one as well because you want to be like, look, I'm paying for it. We're staying <laughs> staying yeah. on. Yeah. Does she get fuming? Um. She used to get really angry with stuff like this, but she, I think she's slowly accepting that I'm just an absolute liability. <laughs> she's either she's either about two months from dumping you, or she's just like started yoga. I'm all right with it now. I think she's just like she's got to the point now where she's realised who she's got into bed with, and she's either gonna stay in the bed or get the fuck out of it. Like, because I think she's slowly like, I think we're three years in now, just over three years in, and I think. The first year of a relationship is just blissful ignorance. And it's like, oh, no, do you know what? He had, he's got these two little things that annoy me, but it's just, I love him. And 
everything else that he does makes those and I can just I can let it go yeah. and then year two is like I can probably train them out of him I can get rid of them and year three is like why isn't he fucking changing anything <laughs> and then year four which we're now into is I've either got to accept that he's never going to change and stay around or fuck off you've got she's basically that she's at that crossroads going he I think he might be a bell end yeah Am I just going to be like, he's my bellend, or am I going to yeah. try and find a less bellendy bloke? <laughs> he's a useless twat, but he's my useless twat. Look how detached you are from it as well. Like, you're at the crossroads, like, it's your choice, love. <laughs> but I am definitely still going to be a bellend. <laughs> well, Why I, can't you change, Adam? No, that's not part of the... That's not But that's not one of the roads. It's just not going to happen. I, I know myself too well. I've tried to be a different person, and it's just... It's, <laughs> I've tried to, like, care about recycling. I'll do it, because she wants me to. And she cries if I don't. But, like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I could not give a fuck whether this goes in that box or that one. It's such a role reversal because I'm always booting off about recycling. Like, I Laura's just like, I'll recycle today, tomorrow, couldn't give a shit. And it winds me up. But, right. I it, think I should be with Jade. Should we want to do a wife swap? <laughs> <laughs> me, me and Laura just living in shit with a baby shitting all over the house. Daddy, 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 have shit. Listen, I'm not your fucking dad, and I've shit as well. Get in the shit queue. <laughs> daddy, daddy, I want to shit on the landing. I'm shitting on the landing right now. Find another roommate. <laughs> me and Jay just like really unhappy, but with all the recycling in the right place. Like. Can you text Adam? Oh. Oh God! Yeah, I uh, yeah. I, look, I am who I am, and I ain't changed. I am. I Jesus am. Christ! <laughs> <laughs> it was like like, we were, like this is and welcome to the Survivors Podcast. <laughs> Every one of our guests has been through something terrible. Adam, like, I am who I am, and I am not changing, and I'm going to fight this and get through it. Like You're week, right. Week 12 of X-Factor, when you view it, <laughs> your voting figures have gone down, I am who I am, and I'm not going to change for the public. They can react to whether they like me or yeah, not. Yeah, but just stop being racist. No, <laughs> no. I've got a Bangladeshi child. You don't even know me. Wow. Oh, um, I think if you split up with Jade... Yeah. Your dating profile, I think you're already at the point of uh, suck, suck my balls. That I'd love to see your dating profile <laughs> just slightly older. Just could you imagine just wording that in a dating profile on like match.com? Right, listen, <laughs> I am who I am. Sometimes I don't turn the bathroom light on and I don't fucking recycle. Sometimes I shit on a landing. <laughs> Call me. <laughs> Do you like balance? I tell you what, though, I really want to meet the woman who replies to that. <laughs> That'd be great. No shits given dating app. The no shits given dating app. Listen. No shits given except on the land. <laughs> no shits cleaned. No shits given where shit should be given. I on, if I have to go again, look, I mean, I've been married f as long as you've been with Jay, basically. Been with Laura five years. I think we've been married three and a half, coming up to four. And uh, if I have to go again, there's not going to be any. I like, yeah, I do comedy <laughs> and I do some podcasts and I just love reading and breathing in and out. I'm not doing any of that. I'm going to just be more honest, but like, I masturbate a lot. And that's fine, isn't it? I don't want to sleep next to you. I want separate rooms. And uh, no bull <laughs> I just don't want to sleep next to someone that scares children when they snore. 
I think it'd be good. I think it'd be a healthier way of starting it. Just being like, oh, li- listen. I think we've just invented a million dollar idea there, the honest dating app. The honest dating? You just like, because obviously most dating apps are full of shit, aren't they? Like, you, you, yeah. uh, every photo, you pick five photos, they're all from the best angle or you doing the most adventurous things you've ever done. Well, I used to have a bit about it. Every third about picture skydiving. skydiving. Yeah. Skydiving. Just being a guy with skiing. An adventurer. <laughs> And I think this one should be that you have to upload. First photo you have to upload is um, when you accidentally open the reverse angle on your camera. <laughs> that should have to be your profile picture. Yes, mate. So this is what I look like from the from where you're gonna see if you're ever sucking me there. This is exactly <laughs> how you're gonna see my face. Yeah, the, yeah the, the, we'll have an algorithm on the thing that refuses to accept camera angles that are above your head. <laughs> You've got to take a picture from low, being like, oh, God, there's all the chance. If you do take one from above your head, your dick has got to be in it so it looks as small as it possibly can. <laughs> yeah, you're allowed, you can be allowed to put a dick pic on, but it's not allowed to be erect. It's yeah. got to be a cold day. You've yeah. got to have a thermometer next to it and go, yeah. this is the reality. You've got to be in the shower with it set to cold. It's got to be on the coldest setting. So, you know, like one of those handle showers where it's like this. Yeah. It's got to be all the way cold, maximum. Yeah. Right? And it that, that actually, that's got to be a video. It's got to be on for a minute. So we see your dick shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> From where you fluffed it up right down to the news of a dick you've got. Um, and then uh, we need a, a testimonial for from at least two X's. Two X's. Because who are you going to yeah. get a more honest opinion of? Yeah. Um, and I reckon from anyone who's ever complained about you at work right. anyone you work with who doesn't like you Sandra yeah he, he's always got yeah. his desk messy he's Adam's always late fine but doesn't turn the bathroom fucking like <laughs> I honestly think this could be a really unsuccessful waste of money yeah <laughs> I like it I really like it. and you've got to put what you're into and not into sexually as well just be honest just be like listen you know you're a freak get it out <laughs> I like picture porn. Picture porn. Like I really cartoons. do. Sometimes, honestly, this is about fifty percent of my porn use is picture porn. Cartoons, not cartoons, just photos. I just videos. I'm like, I just, I don't want to hear them. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, we so don't... what do you imagine they sound like? <laughs> so just nice and peaceful, nice peaceful wank, quiet. <laughs> I love the the idea of like that. You've got a picture of a woman with like. Two dicks in her mouth, one in her ass, one in each hand, and you're just like, she's like, ah. serenity. <laughs> no, there's no, there's nothing. No music. There's no music. I don't have any music on. I'm just like, that seems really nice and peaceful. <laughs> gangbang, silent gangbang, new gangbang. Jade asked me a while back about uh, porn and that. I remember she was like, <laughs> I did a bit about this for a while. Um, because she, 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 initially she was like, can I have the password to your phone? And I said, no. And she goes, are you cheating on me? I said, no. Why, so, did, she, why did she ask for that? What to do with fucking it was for, it was security for, check? No, it was just for something else. <clears throat> yeah. And, but because I went, no, give us it, I'll log in. She went, are you cheating on me? I went, no. She went, well, what, what, why can't I have the password if you've got nothing to hide? I went, Pff. I said, I'm not cheating on you. I didn't say I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> it's a very different thing. Like, I'm in WhatsApp groups that would end my career. Yeah. And me porn search And she was like Well why don't you tell me What you're searching for on porn And then maybe we can do it I was like I don't want to Do the things I watch Oh We don't even know any midgets <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that many black guys 
Um, also, there's that thing of like, let's watch together. No, right? no, it's weird. No, because I do. I kind of, I, I like black guy porn. I yeah. do. I, yeah, like, a, and I don't want my wife to be like, same here. <laughs> Me too. I know a lad who we were talking about this in like a on a nice house a few years ago. <laughs> we're like, he goes, oh, I can't watch porn. Just got just got a bag black dick in it. I went, why? And he went, because, you know, it doesn't look like mine. I can't imagine it's mine. I went, I've seen your dick in the showers, lads, and it doesn't look like any of the white dicks in porn. <laughs> How much of a do narcissist do you have to be to be like, I need as much porn with the same size penis as mine? Like, he's got a maggot. Like, it's an uh, a, he's got a tiny willy, so he can't possibly imagine... You see, un- unless he has a fantasy. Yeah. Before his wank where he's, like, gone through surgery... <laughs> At the stars of every wank He's just sat there like Yeah so Yeah doctor I just want like nine If you can get me nine That'd be great See that's where we, Me and him differ Because I've got a big black cock So it's just a <laughs> place for me. A lot of people say As a five foot eight White guy from Preston Lancashire It's quite surprising do, Yeah that you have an 11 inch King Donga But yeah. that's me An 11 you know. inch what? Hashtag blessed King Donga A King Donga <laughs> I don't know what I just said A King Donga We should start giving these episodes Titles you know And this This should be called King Donga the Bangladeshi child <laughs> Photoshop me with a fucking King Donga and the Bangladeshi child Oh Jesus um, how, what, what have you been up to since <laughs> Just waiting week? for this conversation mate That's <laughs> really? what I've been up to <laughs> That's been the last week of your life Yeah man I was in Sheffield this weekend And it was started snowing as I was driving over Snake Pass from Manchester to Sheffield I think after that car crash I had If that happened on Snake Pass now I think I'd just stop for a bit yeah, get out and I might start putting a tent in the back of my car. Yeah, well, a mate of ours, a, a circuit comedian called Steve Shanyaski, if you've not seen, is absolutely superb. He's a fisherman, loves it. He's the kind of guy who would watch porn with no sound. He just loves a bit of peace and quiet. And he, it's one of his favourite things is to just go fishing. I was like, who with? He's like, looked at me like, are you fucking mad, on my own, and. <laughs> He has all this fishing kit. He got stuck in snow on the M6. This is about six or seven years ago. And someone had a horrific crash. They closed the road and it was snowing. And they were like, "You." he was there for six, seven hours. Like, he was. it was ages. And he had all this, uh, like, uh, sleep, like a fishing sleeping bag and all, all sorts in the back. And he was fine. And I spoke to him afterwards. He was like, honestly, all comics should have that. Because we do, I do 35, 40,000 miles a year or whatever. In the winter, that's really I sensible. I hope your insurance company aren't listening to this because that's not what's listed, is it? <laughs> what? I'm a writer. Um, I just used it for socialising. How many miles a year do you? I do it three times around the block. <laughs> I occasionally go to Edna and then I come home. <laughs> I walk to all of my shows in Peterborough, Norwich. <laughs> yeah. Where's the car parked overnight? In a bunker. Secure <laughs> bunker. Surrounded by. <laughs> Bye bye. Armed guards. <laughs> he said big black dicks. <laughs> Something on my mind. And he got um he got stuck there. And he was basically just said to everyone, I think he spoke to a few people, he was like, You need some stuff in your car. So I do that now. I've got like a I've got like a, a an old winter coat that looks minging with a with a just some shit in the boot in the winter. But what do you do if you're driving over a road? And it starts snowing. I like the idea of like pulling over. Let's just be safe. What he just dumps it down. You're like, I should have kept going. Now it's worse. 
<laughs> and they're like, did you skid? And were you, why are you off the road? I stopped because it was scary. So I just slowed it down. Still got overtaken by some absolute bellwhiff who was like, come on, we've got to get where we're going. <laughs> Fucking idiot. It, he, he overtook me so dangerously that if I'd have seen him spun out over the top on the Peak District, I'd have driven past and just like, just giving him a 15 mile an hour finger. Just going like, this is, fuck you. Die here. Because you deserve it. I give a shit. I hope you're not with the AA. Can you get reception? Fuck no. Neither can I. So it's, I'm not dying as well. So I drove into Sheffield. I said to the, the... Isn't it mad how the emasculation of being overtaken can make you that angry? You want another human dead. <laughs> Listen, it sounds really uncaring. It's snowing on one of the most dangerous roads in the UK. There's literally... Every time I drive on a state pass, it's like a mobile florist every half, half mile because some motorbike guy's gone, yeah, I'll just rev it into that fucking wall. It's horrific. It's a dangerous road. If you're such a dick that you cannot see that it's a it's dangerous condition, go, oh, I need to get to Sheffield quicker. He overtook me. Could have taken me out. I, on a, it sounds really unfeeling, but if he'd have been in the ditch, like looking at me like, dude, are you going to help? I'd be like, nope. I'm just going to keep crawling by. No, nope, and I'm 12, taking your phone. <laughs> There's no, no reception up here. Guess you're going to have to bobsled down, motherfucker. Um, and uh, then we got to the gig. I was like, I'm not going to do the snake pass stay over. So in Sheffield at the last laugh, it's where the gig is. I don't know who's bought the house. I don't know if someone who runs the gig has inherited the house, but they have a house. They're like, you don't need a hotel. We'll put you up in this house. Oh, I've stayed in that. It's T Toby owns it. Right, right. Yeah. So Toby Foster who runs the gig in, in Sheffield. I've heard about this house where everyone goes, yeah, on the face of it, it sounds really nice because they're like, you can stay in our house. It's free. And, and sometimes staying in houses sounds better than like some, like, really heartless sort of premier in or whatever like you know when you're in a hotel and you're like this is grim mate it's where fucking people top themselves and it, it's about 20 minutes outside of Sheffield yeah. isn't it it's basically in Rotherham yeah. which is fucking false advertising I got it's the so far away that if I lived there I would consider sometimes not doing that gig <laughs> <laughs> it was midnight it was complete it was pitch black the house has obviously been not been touched decorated the kitchen's about five years old everything else is bare 1980s like even 1990 there was a point on Saturday afternoon I was sat there going this is like time travel nothing in this room is less than 20 years old I got in I just spent the, I spent 24 hours in a, a weird like safe that's what it felt like a safe house it yeah, felt yeah. like you're in yeah. witness protection <laughs> And you've just you've just literally seen a mob boss get off the road in Toby to swing through the window. Come on, we gotta get to the fucking gig. You've you've been named. You've been fingered. I just I, honestly spent the weirdest twenty four hours in a fucking three bedroom semi detached in Rotherham, and and Scott Bennett was like, "Oh yeah, I've heard that's called the Murder House," and I was like, <laughs> "I got there and went, oh yeah, 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 yeah." It I just feel I, like I it. stayed in there one night with Jade. Um, it was yeah because I was like gigging in Sheffield putting up, up in a house trying to come up oh yeah eggy it was on was she not happy um, it's fine isn't it it was it, that's the way it, it was fine so what we did was she actually met me there because I'd gigged somewhere else the <laughs> night before so she drove all the way to Sheffield on her own to that house to Rotherham <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Sheffield You're not love <laughs> She drove all the way to Carlisle And met me at that house <laughs> And uh, The next day We didn't want to stay in the house So That was the fr I only stayed the Friday night 
and the Saturday we spent just going around Sheffield. We did like the thing they do, yeah, the museum and that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, when you've got your partner coming to gigs and staying over, you you learn that, don't you? Like you, I Laura comes to me with me to Birmingham sometimes to the Glee because they put you in a nice hotel, and you're like, darling. Huh? Yeah. If you were doing a date night away, so it'd be the, the hotel. We should be like, well done. This is nice. What'd you find? Bookings dot com. Brilliant. But um, that was that's not one you want to show off no, to your I, w- I wouldn't take to a, your missus. Yeah. Um, I am. Um, I tell you, where's great for that to, for a little stay over is Newcastle, because in Newcastle everything's cheap as fuck. Right. Because most of the people in Newcastle are from Newcastle, so you can get like a four star banging hotel. For like seventy quid for the night, right? Yeah, yeah. On a Saturday, that I I was in Newcastle on Saturday. Well, I me I did first tour show of the year. It's great as well. So anyone who's listening who's from up there, thanks for coming out and uh, selling such a big venue. I was quite blown away by it. And it's a great. The customs house is an awesome room as well. Yeah, it? it was phenomenal. Brilliant room. And uh, shouts to Lauren Patterson who came down and opened it for me. Um, and she smashed it as well. Just like I, I asked her to do. It. She's local. Local girl. Like. I told some people Lauren was opening I'm like why have you done that like why have you got Lauren opening for you in Newcastle and I was like because she'll smash it and they were like like you you did Liverpool for me this year well the end of last year and a couple of people were like you got Dan opening for you he's going to destroy it I'm like I want him to and then I'll destroy it as yeah. well yeah it's good. you know why it's because comedians are l- fucking pussies it's limp dick yeah pathetic it's shower dick it's our <laughs> dating app shower dick attitude that it's Oh, but what if he does better than me at my own show? Well, then you shouldn't have your own show. Yeah. Like, how have you got your own show? Yeah, they should to, be better than most. They're there to see you. And Lauren smashed it, but then the audience was so good for me. Um, I hadn't done the show for like three or four months since the end of the first leg of the tour. And um, I thought, I said to Jason, the promoter, Jason Cook, another comic who like promoted it for me. Uh, I said this might come in short it might be like a little 50 minute thing this it was like an hour and 27 or something amazing just kept finding new areas of the bits that because like I haven't said them for a while and your brain goes oh you've never explored this angle and I just I felt so comfortable with the crowd that I was like I can go on a two minute tangent here and if it goes nowhere I can just go to the next bit and it, it was really great so thanks do for you out. do you feel a difference when you're playing because I've supported you at the at the big like thousand seater in Liverpool at the it's yeah. not the main arena, is it? It's the yeah. like ballroom it's, or whatever they call it's it. It's the auditorium. What did they the, call it? The who's the who's it sponsored by now? So it was the Echo Arena. It's the MS Bank Arena Auditorium. Right. And it holds I think thirteen fifty or something like that. Um I walked on because like it it ended great, but there was a real five minutes of who the fuck is this balance? <laughs> like it felt but once that's it was support, ro- though, isn't it? Yeah, that's all tour support. How does it feel from you from your point of view when you know you not maybe the auditorium gig because that was such a massive gig. How does it feel like this on Saturday at the customs house when you've got a crowd, what's like about it's about four hundred there? Four forty, I think it holds, yeah. And when they're totally on board how does that feel? Because I've genuinely never done a tour show in, in a in a gig that big. It's. I said this to Freddie Quinn the other night, another comic who like we were just talking about how our weekend had gone on that. Um, this Saturday in South Shields was actually the most comfortable I've ever felt doing my own tour show. So, because of the way my sort of career is going, every year seems to be sort of a change 
tour venues because they go up by like 50 seats or yeah or whatever especially in liverpool i've never done the same tour venue two years in a row so we did like one year we did the the holiday inn then we did the unity theater which is about 180 then we went up to the hot water comedy club which was 200 then we did the epstein theater which was 380 and then we did the auditorium which is just over a thousand or whatever yeah and that's pretty good growth by the way numbers wise i don't know if you you know you need to do your rachel riley math <laughs> in about five years you're, you're going to be playing anfield <laughs> <laughs> it's phenomenal and i'll like i'm very very grateful for the support from me on city obviously and it's it it is easier as a scout in liverpool because liverpool's so parochial and he's one of ours he's what get behind him he's one of ours um and that's also a big part of why portsmouth's doing so well as well as the scout support um but I've now done the last three years <clears throat> on tour I've done that room at the customs house because a few years ago that room was too big for my tour really but because of how Jason has built a few of us up in that area as his acts and like he's put us on a lot and he's gone to his audience keep coming back and seeing them it meant I could fill that room a couple of years ago so I know the room really well I know the audience really well yeah and over a 20 minute set now at any comedy club in the UK I'm very very confident in myself because I'm like I can twat this like I know the ins and outs of me 20 <laughs> love I, the words comics use <laughs> I can fucking slap this in the balls yeah because you're the same over 20 minutes you're like this I'm, I do this so often that I'm really comfortable with it and I, th I think people outside of comedy don't realise that doing an hour is a totally different skill. It's not like just doing three 20-minute sets. It's a totally different thing. Doing an hour and 20-odd is... Totally. Um, and I just felt, at the weekend, I knew they were all there for me, and it was the first time I was real. Like, I I'm struggling to articulate it, but I think I've just figured out how to say it. Like, when I played that room at the auditorium in Liverpool that you opened for me, I'm sort of constantly fighting a battle in my own head with like oh my god look how many people are here to see yeah look at this room drink this in remember this moment look at all these people this might never happen again oh my god look at this room and while you're doing your set that is sort of a running thing in the back of your head and that's not total focus really is it no but just the show in Liverpool was still amazing but there's still that there and it means that I don't really remember the whole show because you, you're a little bit distracted by your own brain sometimes but because I've played this room so many times I remember pretty much every second I sat there at the minute and I know what I said and where I said it and how I said it and a few times in my head I've been like that was that was like doing a club set for me the comfort level wise and I, I just felt good with it well you're like a you're like a professional footballer in your third fourth season aren't you you're exactly like, you're like oh yeah yeah. This, and now I get to now you I don't have to worry about the, the psychology of like who's watching god everyone's going to be tweeting this is on it's so many people friends and family are in the stadium you just start doing what you do that first season I mean some some footballers and whatever sportsmen they just have that click but I'm sure it takes a bit of like you're a bit of a rabbit in the headlights I bet so what you're describing is just that like you're on the third or fourth round so next time you do the auditorium or bigger you'll be like yeah yeah I've got this yeah yeah so you're just totally. in the moment more absolutely um you know so, what? Yeah. yeah. Saturday, Saturday was just great and a great way to kick off the tour. And now, weirdly, because of the, how stagnant the tour is, the next tour day for me is Liverpool. <laughs> I'm going to uh, just for, to film the stuff in a small room because um, we filmed the show at the Echo Arena and the footage is great, but I, I like having a little alternate on it. So I'm doing Hot Water Comedy Club. I'm just doing one night there. Nice. Um, 
it's like 200 seats and I think there's like 100 left or something um, we haven't really advertised it yet but if you listen to this and you're from where'd you get your tickets uh, adamrow.co.uk forward slash shows um, yeah and that what else my, you been up to that was my only gig of the week no, how nice does that feel oh actually no I, I, I'm I lying I, you picked I, something up on Friday I saw I it did. on Twitter you couldn't resist yeah so we went I, on a delayed anniversary trip to London last week to see a couple of musicals so this hoodie's actually from Hamilton the musical any good? Um, well this, this is the third time we've seen Hamilton so we quite like that one um, what do you get from it a third time that you don't get from like a second I don't get I get I don't I'm not a big musical guy it's just a phenomenal show and yeah. story and like the music's great it's just unbelievable and I I don't want to spend too much time sort of waxing lyrical about Hamilton because everyone's said about how great it is and if you haven't seen it just go and see it because like I went from never seeing a musical with Hamilton to wanting to see as many as possible. Um, Have you done Book of Mormon yet? Yeah, we did that in New York, and I was crying, laughing. Oh, I'd see that again. T- to be fair, yeah, it's it's so good. Um, when we came out of the Book of Mormon, there was Mormons giving out the Book of Mormon, real Mormons <laughs> on the street, yeah, outside the Book of Mormon, and I need. I went to take one, and I thought, ah, I think that might be the line of where I don't want to take the piss anymore. Yeah, I think they were like, "Come and you've seen the the production now. Read the real thing." And I was like, "Ah, I want to for a memento." But then I was like, "This is your fucking belief." But then I was like, ah, "No." Well, I just for don't anyone know. who hasn't seen Book of Mormon, I, I won't ruin anything for you. I won't give any spoilers. But it is quite weirdly pro-religion by the end of it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? In a way, there's a there's a pro-religion message to it. I think. Um, very very funny but the the other one we went to see uh, last week was called uh, Come From Away so Come From Away is about the planes that landed in Newfoundland in Canada on 9-11 so American airspace when that was happening just got shut off no planes over America they'll be shut down yeah go and land um, and there's a tiny village called Gander in the Newfoundland province of Canada and it's got at one point was the biggest airport I think in the world but it's it was useless it was just it was a refueling station so that's right. why it was so big right right but then once planes developed to the point where they could fly without needing to refuel okay this tiny little town with like 6,000 people in just had this massive airport for no reason oh wow so so when he was talking like the 50s 60s when they had to they had to what would they get into LA or something or? yeah so like if you were flying from London to LA they'd yeah. stop in Canada and get the rest of the fuels to get them on the route the whole the right. whole journey um, but loads of planes 38 planes landed in this town of 6,000 people all with like 200 people on so the, it doubled the population of this tiny little town they shit themselves and were like what the fuck have we got to do here how are we going to feed all these people how are we going to clothe them they were there for like four or five days and they had to just look after them um, that's amazing there's a couple who met there who are still together now one guy was from London the woman was from Texas they met during that week and then he moved to Texas and they've been together ever since so th- their storylines in the play and the mu- and the mu- it's a play or a musical it's a musical it's a musical um, and what was really that does actually sound quite good uh, this is the least expected conversation with you ever I didn't clock <laughs> I didn't clock the Hamilton hoodie yeah I didn't know you well, oh, let's I, talk musical theatre. Well, I, <laughs> I went, I went to see this Hamilton because I got told it was a hip hop musical and I loved it. And then we seen Book of Mormon. And I was like, I want to see a few others. This Come From Away was the first one that was sort of there's humour in it, but it's a story and 
not really total comedy or rap. Um, and what's quite funny is the the guys from Newfoundland had like this really weird accent in the play. So I'm sat there with Jade, and I was like, "Why are they? Because they all had it. It sounded like they were Irish people who lived in Ireland until they were seven, and then moved to Cardiff and/or Bristol, and then their parents were Canadian. Yeah, they had this really weird accent, and I went to Jade. I bet, yeah, they're just doing that for every one of the characters from Newfoundland, so that we can distinguish it from Americans. <laughs> and she was like, "You're a fucking idiot," and of course, I am a fucking idiot. That's the accent of that area of Canada. Yeah, Newfoundland, Newfoundland. Yeah, it's really, really, it's a really. Bit Scandi- weird. It's a bit Scandinavian, isn't it? It's, it's just weirdly w- like oh, kind of got to go. It's it's <laughs> bit weirdly like so Canadian. You're like. It's so Canadian, it's Irish and Welsh yeah. and, and Norwegian all at the same time. Well, yeah, but all North American accents have got that blend, haven't they? Of like Irish, Scottish. It's That's where the American accent comes from. It's got that... Uh, that it's That's where the influence comes from. But up there, if you if your heritage like d- did the crossing and just got stuck there... <laughs> yeah. Because it's like the northeast of Canada. Right, yeah. So it's like... If you if you were trying to escape Ireland to go to America, yeah, and you got lost, you'd have stopped there and you'd have got your fuel in Cardiff. <laughs> so it, it's mate. It, who do we know from Nova Scotia? Is it Jason John Whitehead? I think he's from Halifax, Nova Scotia. I think Nova Scotia is near Newfoundland, isn't it? It's, it's south of it, and I'm he's sure, like man. he's so Canadian. He's like, oh yeah, you know, it's like he's sometimes you listen to him and he's like, are you taking the piss out of Canadians? Like really Canadian, eh? So Halifax is, yeah. So Halifax is sort of southwest of uh, Newfoundland. Newfoundland. So this is Newfoundland up here um, that you can see, and Halifax is there. But Gander is that island. Oh wow! So the first song is called "Welcome to the Rock." It's like this is the farthest place from Disneyland you've ever like because there was planes that landed there was a, a plane that landed there that was full of Make a Wish Foundation kids who were going to Disneyland. Two hundred kids were told they were going to meet Mickey Mouse and they just ended up on this rock of six thousand people who near Greenland. Who all sound like they've got head injuries. I mean, how cold! They come to Newfoundland, eh? Are you Bangladeshi? Yes. <laughs> Who's your father? Dan Nightingale. <laughs> Dan, can you do your new fan accent? Eh? Uh, no, I can't. Can't do it. Um, oh shit, my fan. But yeah, I, Hamilton. I, I think everyone has recommended enough, and it's. I think it's my favourite one. So go and see that. But come from away. I've spoke to a few people who, who were even into musical theatre, and they hadn't even heard of it. Yeah, it's won Olivia and Tony Awards and stuff. But it's it's very 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 good. And I would go and see that again as well. So that's what. About ten years ago, took my sister down for a treat. She'd split up with um, her. Um, partner she'd had a, a crappy six months i was single so i wasn't wasting money trying to impress a girl and i was like should we just go to london because my mum took us to london two three times when we were small kids which was fucking brave <laughs> what are you gonna do with your kids norma with your eight and five year old badly behaved children i'm gonna take them to london see what happens <laughs> and um we went to you know did the usual malarkey but um kate was like oh yeah that sounds really good I'd love to see a show on the West End. I was like, absolutely. We're not going to do comedy. We, we, you, it's you know, we did. We went down in the morning, had the afternoon, 
some food, did a bit of shopping around Covent Garden. She picked a show. We went to one of those stalls in Leicester Square where they've got the discount tickets. I was like, let's try and get a bargain, but we'll see what's on. She chose Dirty Dancing. And I was like, right, but I'm getting shit-faced. Is that all right? <laughs> she was like, absolutely fine. So that was the deal. I bought the tickets for Dirty Dancing, but I was allowed to get sort of drunk. So we went to a couple of... But we treated it like it was <laughs> the weirdest, like... I know it was brother and sister, but like we were on the lash with a show as well. And I don't know if that's <laughs> what you're meant to do. But at one point we were, we were drinking Jaeger bombs. Standing for a stag do, doing Dirty Dancing. Yeah, and a pub crawl. Dirty Dancing with a sister. <laughs> Who's he marrying? You don't even know him. And we were, I was hammered when I got into Dirty Dancing. I was really nicely hammered. And it because we'd had Jaeger bombs before, it, it, I was I was getting gradually more pissed in the yeah. in Dirty Dancing. <laughs> and by the end, oh, I was having such a good... Musical theatre, when you're a bit shit-faced, is an absolute treat. And there's like a Swedish family, like a mum and two girls. <laughs> I was there with the binoculars like, I'm having a fucking great time. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Don't put baby in the corner. <laughs> and and I don't know if I watched Dirty Dancing like now sober if I'd have enjoyed it that much. But with about twelve units of alcohol in you, it's fucking great. <laughs> Amazing. And I did the same when I went to see what? Kylie Minogue with my ex girlfriend. She was like, I want to go and see Kylie. I was like, brilliant. I bought you tickets, but I'm allowed to get drunk. She was like, brilliant. We started drinking Buckfast. I snuck in some Buckfast to the Newcastle Arena to watch Kylie Minogue. Like every other man, heterosexual man in the room, like, yeah, we're here to see Kylie, but just because she wants to. By the end, shit face, like spinning around, fan <laughs> of my way. I was in the aisles having a great time, like, oh, God, Kylie. I would love this podcast to become so successful that Daisy Danson put that quote on their West End poster. <laughs> Imagine it. It's amazing if you get shit faced. Have a word. <laughs> Most things are, though, aren't they? <laughs> like, a lot of things are. I, I said this a while back, like, and I tried to work it into the routine I do about drinking. Like, I don't think there's anything that isn't improved socially by alcohol. Nothing. There's no event where it's like, if you're sober, this will be better. Yeah, especially if you're allowed to keep the drinking private. This basically feels like we're enabling each other's alcoholism. We're like, my kid's sports day is fucking boring. <laughs> a few sambukas before you go. Honestly, though, no. let's say Etta's seven. Yeah. She's like, Dad, sports day. How much better would that be if you could take a crater Carlin and just <laughs> <laughs> just sat there getting in fights about the egg and spoon, <laughs> the year one egg and spoon? Fuck off! <laughs> Go and get your glue, Dad. I know you're using it, <laughs> fucking Jonah. Cheat. Yeah, that'd be great fun. There's nothing. Chris, I, Christmas what, Day, John. Christmas Day sober. Not loads of fun. No beverage. If you're listening to this and you can think of anything that is not improved by alcohol then I want you to tweet us it or messages it this week and I will tell you on next week's episode why <laughs> you're wrong. So, driving to Sheffield on Snake Pass. Woo! You I'm would spinning. be having a better time now. I'm spinning. I I'd feel more confident on Snake Pass with two pints of me. Spinning around. <laughs> I'm gonna die. <laughs> Is it too soon adding that joke? Um, no, mate, not it's too soon. Speaking of um, offending people, there's something coming. You, you've you been looking at that pad. I feel like this better be good because you're like, 
this, well, <laughs> this better I, be fucking golden because you're like it feels like you're about to like Dan this is why I think you're a cunt I've been waiting to, to tell you I've just written it down this is your three weekly review <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to make it how do you think it's going I'm trying <laughs> so something happened this week um, I'm not sure whether you will have seen it but I, I imagine you've seen some of it um, you, are you into Eminem I know you're a hip hop fan but are you into Eminem have you ever been a big Eminem fan uh, I've I'll be honest, not since back in the day, but he has he has featured on some songs that I've liked re- relatively recently. He's on a homicide. He's on homicide, which is a Logic track that I like. I just I wouldn't go out of my way to buy any Eminem stuff. I'm a bit like, <laughs> I don't think anyone would anymore. Would they? No. <laughs> That's no. showing your age. People stream stuff now, Dan. Oh, no, and yeah, it's all I'm right. going to but buy this- the new Eminem tape. <laughs> no. I'm going round to, to get a record. We have it on vinyl. Um, I'd like an EP he, uh, he released a new album this week Unannounced, I don't know where Just, here you go New new full album called um, You seem distracted uh, Yes, sorry, I thought my wife was telling me That um, that my child's ill But um, it's actually My wife uh, telling me something about work <laughs> <laughs> And you know what? I'm so, I'm so involved I was like, oh god, that is juicy Really? Do you know what? Just to back up what you were saying uh, listening to your wife's bullshit about work would be way more fun pissed yeah like honestly I've had a really hard day well let me just crack open this wine <laughs> tell me all about what she said sorry go on um, so you didn't know Eminem had released a new album this week yes I did because I heard I saw the Eminem's cancelled hashtag did, did you know why the Eminem's cancelled hashtag was going around did you look into it Have you seen I did yeah because he made an Ariana Grande reference yeah so Here's what he said. I, I I won't attempt the rhythm of it, but the 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 line that people are complaining about is I'm contemplating yelling bombs away on the game like I'm outside of an Ariana concert waiting. What do you think about that? Because what I've seen is people, other rappers as well, because I follow a lot of rappers and um, a lot of rap battlers because I was into the rap battles for for quite a long time. Still am, um, and a lot of comedians saying, you know, oh, and normal people as well saying. Bang out of order. He can't say that. It's it's really bad. So what what do you think? Um, my initial reaction is like, yes, it's hard when you're reading me the lyric because it's almost like this feels like when comedians say something out of order, yeah. and then on like Radio Four they're like, uh, comedian Adam Rose said, um. <laughs> This about big black dicks, um, and and as you read it, you're like, God, it, does that sound funny? You're like, no, because you're a presenter on Radio Four, <laughs> yeah, you're not making and you it made funny. it sound fucking arid, dry, you boring old shit. So I'm sure that's not doing it justice. But no, it doesn't feel like a a great reference. But at the same time, it's Eminem, and you're a bit like, that's what he does, isn't it? It's what he's always done. That's exactly it for me. Is and also. When that bomb went off in Manchester, Eminem raised two million dollars for the fund. So he's 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 actually done something positive for for these people. He's he's made a big action, used his influence, got two million pounds for the victims, um, and it's now he's sort of like the villain of that story because of this. And first of all, yeah, he's Eminem. He said the most. He said far more horrific things than that in the past, um, and arguably done more horrific things as well I just think it's quite fucking ridiculous I think this is such a clear indictment of the way we handle things now someone who actually did something positive but said something negative 
is the villain rather than people who did absolutely nothing going he's disgusting for saying something like that yeah but Ariana Grande fans are all just like like teenage girls and they're just young and it's all teenage girls and the mums in it like so when that cancel Eminem hashtag came out the reason it started trending so much because people were like I think a lot of the hashtag became oh fuck off yeah most of it was like all they discussed was just Ariana Grande teeny pop fans and I don't expect much different from them it is weird the two things are are never meant to meet are they Ariana Grande and Eminem's fans should never interact you're different people you're from different worlds yeah you know, it's like being. I like pudding, and like I like hardcore porn. It's just leave each other alone. That that's that's sort of the points I wanted to make. Is um, how many people who were affected by this would never, ever, ever have heard it if people didn't go? Have you heard what he said? Like, I can't remember who said this. It might have been Doug Stanhope, but it was it was when another similar controversy was happening a, a year or two ago. He was like, if you work in an office, right, and I come up to you and go, you know, Karen. I think she's a fat bitch. And then you go over to Karen and go, yeah, Adam's just said that you're a fat bitch. Who upset Karen? Yeah. <laughs> I was, mean, it, was it me or was it you? Yeah. You, you're going to get blamed, but I do look a dick. Yeah. Like, so, it's like Jonathan Ross and Russell Brand when they were doing that thing on, uh, on, on Radio 2. Yeah. And it was Manuel's granddaughter yeah. that Russell Brand had shagged. So yeah. Jonathan Ross <laughs> phoned Manuel... And, and left. sang Yeah That got no I don't think that got any complaints It might have got a couple of complaints Then the Daily Mail got hold of it Printed it Word for word And it got like A thousand complaints You're like That's the That is the problem with Oh, oh we found something to be Disgusted at Yeah And I think that's I think a lot of the people Jumping on this uh, Just bandwagon virtue signaling assholes who need to shut the fuck up and have a word with themselves I'm not surprised that that's where you came down on this argument Adam because uh, I would be really shocked if, if you came out at the end of this Eminem's one. a knob and I am I am a grande fan <laughs> so I don't know what do they call them I do like Ariana Grande's music I do I, oh, I love I'm it. into poppy shit I really I really, really am and I, but I'm a massive Eminem fan as well but I also think it's the perspective he raised two million quid end of end of conversation no but that doesn't mean you get to say anything though does it I think if you're Eminem you get to say anything and people no, can not like it yeah I know what you mean but just because you've raised loads of money it's like he's a massive philanthropist and that's why he has killed animals <laughs> alright because he's raised a billion pounds for saving animals so he's killed a he puppy gave, on he YouTube he gave two million quid to RSPCA so he's just volleyed a baby out of a window <laughs> yeah wait up guys <laughs> Oh, but there's an element of Eminem as well getting older where you're like Ariana Grande fans how old are you he's just an old guy to you it's a bit like me Christmas dinner admittedly drunk with my father-in-law when he's like anyway this is what I think about Jews and you're like you're, he's doing it for fucking attention he's not really racist he just knows that it gets the dad you can't say that <laughs> that sort of shit it's yeah. a bit like just let him be his old grumpy man self and just ignore him I won't ignore him I'm gonna replay the whole what, album on the way up. What's it called? What the music to be murdered by? Oh, I can. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is that a Hitchcock reference? Or yeah, something? yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's uh, dead clever. What's our reference for "Have a Word"? It's just we just thought of it. <laughs> it's just Scouse Mars, isn't it? It's it's, pe- it's Scousers in the pub. Have a fucking word with him before I stove his fucking head in. Have a word with him. Have a. I swear to God, someone needs to have a word with him. Should we, we do to, our have a words? We need to have a word with some people, don't we? Yeah. 
people have been sending them in from episode one. I mean, last week we just had a word with you for the uh, Penrith McDonald's incident. Uh, you had a word with yourself. Yes. Episode one we had... And still with the woman who worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> had another Let word, it wasn't it? Let it go. <laughs> and uh, in episode one we had our first um, emails in for have a word. So, loosely, this is almost like a podcast intervention. If you've got mates that have been a bellend, if you just want to tell, tell the story, if you can't do it yourself, write in. Tell us what you want us to have a word with them about and we'll do it on the podcast. Yeah. If and you if you, you get go on. And you've got two for us this week, haven't you? We have. We've had two uh we've had two. One from someone we know. Um and I just love it. She she's literally written it exactly like I know she talks. <laughs> so Becky, who works at the Hot Water Comedy Club. Becky Heron. Becky Heron. The absolute whirlwind. I f- I love her. I she's a she's nuclear f- bomb of a woman I think she's fucking great yeah I met her about a month and a half ago and she was just working the front bar on her own and she was talking to what's your man called Valentine what's the gay scouse comedian called Valentine <laughs> it's not called Valentine Eddie Fortune Eddie Fortune Valentine Eddie Valentine Eddie Valentine. Eddie Valentine. I think he was a wrestler in the like early nineties. Eddie Fortune. Eddie Valentine. Eddie Valentine. Because he's gay and he likes love. All right. And he was talk- she was talking to Eddie Fortune. That was you know when you you I wasn't really in the conversation. It was almost like I was listening to a podcast recording live between one of the most world. I would download women. that podcast. I think she should do stand up. She, she said like, that to me, me actually. What? She said that to me that you you told her she should do stand up. She'd be the most interesting co- comic to come out of like the northwest for fucking ages. She was like, "I tell you what I fucking think about that dickhead." I if, was like, "Oh, I'm loving it. I'm loving it." There's been a lot of chat recently about World War 3 and she should definitely be on the front line leading. Oh, she takes no shit, Becky. She's so like Customer service wise, she's the nicest person in the world. What do you want, babe? Oh, you want a pint? Okay, cool. anything else? A pack crisp? Cool. If you're rude to her, dickheads, get out the fucking bar. I'm not fucking. Don't fucking save him. No, you can watch the show. You can watch the show. You're not getting a fucking drink. Fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> what do you want, babe? You know, yeah. fuck off. I told you to fuck off. Fuck off. Fuck off. Get out me fucking eye. Fuck off. What do you want, babe? <laughs> Do you want it's single or double? You can have a double and you can go and fuck himself. If you click at that bar, there's a chance you'll never click again because she'll snap your fingers off. I would rather fight. Eddie Valentine. Eddie, oh, 100%. Um, I'd, I'd rather fight everyone in my phone book than Becky Heron on her own. Yeah, literally. And she's beautiful, but I don't yeah. think, I think I might get a l- little scared, Willie. She was like, right, Shall this is be. happening. I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> little Dan is too scared. And this is all compliments, Becky, because I know you will listen to this. It's um, all love, mate. It's all love. So what? what, what what's her beef? What's her Becky Heron writes in, I've got uh, a have a word for yous. <laughs> She's so scarce, it's amazing. <laughs> Can I do it in her voice? I've got a fucking have a word for yous. Minge bag mates. That's how she started Minge it. Minge bag mates. Got a mate who in all walks of life is the worst, tightest, sneakiest little tit in the whole world. <laughs> mate, I, I so wanted to do stand-up. I've got a mate who in all walks of life is the worst, tightest, sneakiest little tit in the whole world. When it comes to paying bills at restaurants, she will work it out to the penny and literally transfer the exact amount with no tip. 
Uh, when we go to bars and get around in when it's her turn she buys singles when we've all been drinking doubles when it comes to birthday presents we're always met with there's been a delay in delivery I've been waiting since August last year for my birthday presents gibbet and then she's put at the end and feel free to full name me because I'll, I'll make the tight twat listen to it this is so funny she's brutal um, right I, I am fully on board with having a wave with this cunt. I swear, I hate tight people. Like, I don't. I understand if you're a bit sort of frugal with your own stuff, sensible. Yeah, but if you're in, if you're in a round and you're doing that, I've seen. I, I've caught my mates doing this once or twice. Snide. Where like you're in a round, you got a bar. What are we having? Uh, rum and coke. I like. Can we have uh, three rum and cokes? Do you want doubles? Of course we want doubles. It's a fucking night out. Three double rum and cokes, and then. The, the sneakiest fucking thing people can do, right, is they'll go to the bar. Because from working in a bar, I know most bars, if you order a single, it comes in what's called a rocks glass, which is like a shallow glass. And if you order a double, it, calls, it comes in a Collins glass, which is like a tall one, right? Oh, no, and I've caught don't. mates going to the bar going, can I have uh, three rum and cokes, please? And I want singles, but will you put them in tall glasses? And I've had people come to the bar and do that to me. I've caught one of my mates doing it before, and you're like, you snide fucking rat cunt. What the fuck are you doing? You're getting singles to save yourself six <laughs> quid. Six fucking quid for the sake of a whole ten years of friendship. For your integrity. And coming back in glasses so that we all think we're drinking doubles? You're a rat. Uh, can I just say as well, the way, the voice he ordered in. <laughs> yeah, can, that's the who way he is. You literally yeah. do the voice. Can I have can, a single? Can I have three? Single rum and cooks. How no. I want them in tall glasses because I want my friends to think that we're drinking doubles. They're too drunk now. Because I'm a sneaky little bit. And then I'm stood right behind them going, Are you fucking messing? Yeah. This, this is bang out of order. Look, if you're skinned. Uh, that's the thing, innit? If, no, but if. That's you, the caveat. If you're dead skinned, just own it straight from the off and go, Guys, I can't do rounds. Yeah. I am brass taxes. Yeah. But don't be like, Yay! either don't do the round or go to your mates I can't come out that night or look I, I, get me a single because I can only get singles back just be honest and if your mates are sound they're sound with it if one of my mates is like I'm skinned I, I like I can't really afford to go on a round what I'd do there is go lad don't worry about it yeah doubles for everyone on your round just get singles lad you get the beers in we'll get the spirits because they're more expensive you, you sound you look after your mates just don't be fucking the snake from Jungle Book trying to fucking <laughs> Convince your mates. Me. <laughs> Trust in me. I'm getting rum. <laughs> yeah, just stop being a fucking pikey and trying to rip off your mates. A little That's... racial slayer thrown in there. <laughs> Did I not pronounce it properly? No, no. I like it. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. It's my daughter's. Hashtag Eminem and Dan Nightingale are cancelled. <laughs> in the same week. <laughs> Who saw that coming? My daughter's. <laughs> Hello, dear father. I shot on, I shot on the fucking landing. <laughs> no, listen. I got these lads that come round and clean it up, though. It's a fucking two-day job with the three-man team to clean up my own shite. Uh, yeah, uh, but just don't. It's hor It's horrible, isn't it? It's horrible, that feeling. when Also, when it happens the first time, it takes... You're almost, like, incredulous, like, is that... Let me just remember. Does that... And then once you've got an eye on them... Then you're looking for it and it makes like it almost makes you annoyed before it's even happened. Like, oh watch this. And it's almost like you're casing out your own mate on a night out. Yeah. Just yeah. don't be that douche. There's one lad. So you you know like when you sort of end up with a group of mates and there's always like one or two will occasionally bring like a muggle to the group. So like you know them and they're a friend of a friend and you've had like four or five nights out with them, but you just don't trust a the little fucker. There's one of these and he's 
defo. I'm not going to name him because I can't prove it, and I wouldn't make an accusation with a name without having definitive proof. But he's he's worse than even what Becky's describing here, right? He's a fucking kitty thief, right? So what he'll do is there'll be like six of us. They'll be like, should we all just put twenty quid in each, and then we'll just use that as a kissy? And he's always quick to be like, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll hold the kissy, me. And then you know that there should be like. 38 quid left in the kissy because I, I, I did bats and I've got like a fucking autistic brain when it comes to numbers so I'm sort of adding up the rounds even with tips like shit face rain about, man about, yeah, <laughs> there's about 40 quid left there and he'll come and go eh, right lads we need to throw back in because only 16 quid left I'm like where's the fucking 22 quid gone there you fucking cunt. <laughs> check, check in his that's, pockets yeah. if your pockets jingle kid yeah. you're in trouble uh, there's, th- that's worse than what Becky's describing but what Becky's describing is a, a close second if you are one of these people who goes on a night out with the mates and says they're coming in around and says absolutely nothing and then is sneaking this if you're skinned be honest and if you're just a rat just be a rat on your own don't don't be just skimming off just your mates out with a load of other rats yeah. shall we do rounds <laughs> no all competing with each other to see who can pay the least for the round everyone's brought in slight alcohol and also, we're not even just talking about rounds here with it. Like that that whole idea of like we'll split the bill and oh what did I what did I owe? Twelve pounds seventeen. No. How about this? I got the Nando's this time. You get whatever we get next time. That's a proper I, friendship. To, to be fair though, I understand in certain circumstances, so like I had a year off booze about three years ago. Just didn't drink for a year and I went out for a birthday meal. And it was like, all right, it comes to so and so each. And I went I've, I had no qualms because I'd watched everyone drink and I was fine with it I was driving three of the fuckers home and I went I haven't drunk can yeah. we take that into account yeah. and and li- most of the people on the table were like yeah yeah of course I clocked a couple of faces don't get me wrong these aren't my mates these are friends of my friend that, that's, whose birthday it was like alright bit cheap ain't it? you're like couldn't give a shit what you think I've literally put up with your boring pissed up fucking chat like that that, that I haven't done a, another year off the boozing because it doesn't make birthday meals any easier that's one of those ones where you're like I'm not being an arsehole about it I'm not getting the calculator out yeah I'm not like what's happening here? I was actually £17.40 but, that, that's but I, was, ta- I wasn't paying an extra 15 quid if ever everyone's booze round yeah that, but that's not what we're talking about here is it like when you tell do, me I'm right Adam when you do something like that you go look right there's a, a 20 quid difference here I've had one Diet Coke and you've all had four pints of lager which is more expensive in the first place and I totally get that I, you're talking about snaky. Yeah, and like at least you were overt about it. You were like, "Look, I'm not being funny, but that's not really right, is it?" Do you know what I mean? What what I what I hate is, for example, let's say me, you, and two of the comics went for some food, and we've all had pretty much the same thing. Or like, let's say, like your meal was twelve ninety five, and mine was thirteen ninety five, and then the bill comes, and it it all comes to thirty three pound twenty seven each. And you're waiting from thirty five quid for your, your one pound seventy three change when yeah. everyone else has left it in the tip. Just don't be that guy. Yeah, and also those wait. guys who they never they're never part of the tip. They're like, oh well, mine comes to eighteen quid. Here's eighteen quid, and they've always got the ch- the perfect change. Like I've just got yeah. it. You're like, well, what about the tip that we all have to put in on? You know, because we don't want to look like tight assholes. Yeah, and I bet oh, I bet huh. that night where you said like. I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't drink tonight. I've just had a, a diet coke or whatever you had. I bet that night if it was, I don't know. 1850 or even 16 quid you'd have just put a 20 down anyway and gone 
Yeah, there, yeah, you've got to tip about 10% on you, yeah, especially it, if it's it, a party of you. It, it is, is, is 20. I don't want me change. I just want it to be, it, it to be fair. That sound, fairness is sound, but just being a slimy, snide little rat. Yeah, don't be that guy. <laughs> Love Scouse culture. You guys just don't give a shit. Fucking snidey. Also, I love how Becky's done it via this this podcast but clearly she's the kind of person who just say it out loud anyway i reckon yeah. this is just to underline the argument that becky's because she couldn't cause i don't There's think she's a no way this argument has never happened i, I reckon becky's gonna be like see you know that argument we had I when i said amazing. you were a tight fucking prick well these two agree with me now so there you go that's what's gonna happen. i honestly if this podcast kicks on and we do have some guests on one day and and becky by then is doing stand-up I think she'll be doing really well. I'd love her on this podcast just to tell us what's Even happened. If she's not doing stand up. We'll just get her on. Anyway. Oh, she's amazing. Um, <laughs> so we've had an email in. If you've got uh, one of these stories where you want to have uh, want us to have a word with one of your loved ones, nearest and dearest, or mates, it's haveawordpod at gmail and we will help you sort your shit out. If you can't be asked to email in as well, though, we are on social media at Have A Word Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, we'll be on Facebook as of this week. So if you want to hear. Uh, Get them in via social media. You can do that as well. Send us a DM, baby. We've got this message too. Hi, lads. Hope's all well. I was hoping you could have a word with my mate James. He's one of the funniest blokes I know. So funny, in fact, that our group of pals encouraged him to give stand-up a try, which he eventually did last year. Now I'm aware being a stand-up is hard, and just because you're funny in the pub doesn't mean you'll be funny on stage. But my God, I didn't realise just how not funny James would be. Oh, shit, son! This is making me like I love it, but it's also I feel ah! I feel more alive than ever because I'm like, oh god, this is so bad. I wonder if we've gigged with them. I've watched him at three open mic nights, and he's bombed at each one. It's painful, and I'm not sure how much more I can take. I told James I'd attend as many of his gigs as possible, but I can't. I can't. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> James Sounds is, like he's breaking up with him. I know, James's biggest problem is that he's decided to play a character on stage. It's not you. It's your comedy. He's <laughs> <laughs> got PTSD from his fucking mate's comedy. Uh, James's biggest problem is that he's decided to play a character on stage. In real life, he's really sweet and down to earth, but for some reason he's decided to go the way of stand-up being an arrogant knob so that's the character that he's an arrogant knob he thinks it works because the joke always ends up being on him but he's not skilled enough to make that work so he just comes across as an arrogant knob please lads can you tell James to give to give up being a stand up or at the very least ditch the character cheers right okay first of all this is a phenomenal <sighs> submission and more of this please um, there's there's so many things at play here there really is so first of all whoever's uh, written in <laughs> we really do appreciate it uh, and uh, James I imagine um, you know I think he's obviously going to be listening to this if because he's going to be directed to it um, oh sorry so let's just go gently because he's trying to do stand up he is and so we part. he's part of the fraternity yeah we so, can't go too hard but if we've got to help so here's the thing stand up takes a while to be really good at it um, and people who are good straight away aren't always necessarily the ones who are great further down the line some people do start and they're not that good really it's very uh, diplomatic so far I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be as diplomatic I as I can I feel like we're coming round the bend on you being <laughs> nice and here we are here's the home straight but <laughs> so stand up can 
it's a tricky thing to learn and being funny is not the same as being good at stand-up there's a, there's definitely an overlap in that venn diagram but there's very very funny people who are terrible stand-up comedians there's very and unfunny people who are who brilliant are stand-up comedy, yeah. yeah yeah like and it can take a while to learn how to do this stuff however <laughs> that, if, was, that was so diplomatic if if you are utter dog shit at the start, you've gotta 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 let your mates off the hook for a bit and go do us a favour. I I understand I'm not doing very well. If if you want to carry this on, James lad, you've gotta tell your mates. Give me a year. Go away. Get out the spotlight. Don't have your mates come and watch you. Don't have people from work come and watching you. And wait until you are getting other comedians telling you you're good and getting a, and not people at your level because. There's a lot of open mic. There's a lot of circle jerking in comedy at open mic level. There's a lot of dog shit comedians at the minute getting recommended on Facebook and stuff by other dog shit comedians who are going, oh my God, this guy's amazing. And then I'm like, oh, that, I've seen that name a few times. And then I gig with them and the absolute dross. Oh, it counts for nothing. Wait until some a comic who you respect, who's a few years above you, a professional comic who's doing the circuit goes, you're good, you. Here's a few bits of advice. I'll help you get this gig or two. When you're at that level then start inviting your mates back to come and see it because that means you've made a bit of progress while you're dog shit it's okay to be dog shit you don't have to stop doing this yeah but you're not it's not one of your transitions from like fucking preschool to primary school you don't need people there to hold your hand no go if you want to do it go and do it yeah. stop going mate I've got a gig can you come along just go and do the gig this is going to sting hearing this but what Sam <laughs> what the guy's done in, explain, in explaining this he said Mate, I know you wants to do it. Could you just le- could you just do it on your own? But also, it's more the character. You are funny, but what's this character about? Yeah, Man, that that whole thing of not bringing family. There was a guy. I I'm, I think he's still doing stand up. I, I gig with him a few times. He'd done some open mics, pretty pretty decent. Then I did a gig near Wigan on a Saturday night, and the compare went right. So and so's in, um, but don't say hello to him because he's in with his family they come and watch the stand up he's never told any of his family and friends that he does comedy so he doesn't want you to be like alright mate how you doing because they'll be like how did you know the comedian and that's yeah. so that's he went completely the other way he'd been doing stand up like a year and a half completely like totally privately maybe just to just stop this happening to just contain the blast zone of if it was shit and he was actually quite good but he decided I don't want these to know I don't want to have my hand held while I'm doing it uh, that's extreme but I kind of respect it but yeah. I'm just going to go into the wilderness sort this shit out and then if it doesn't work out you can just come back and be like I did a uh, spin class <laughs> yeah look I, and also just to offer the flip side of that I, it, this isn't James's fault because um, when you get into it you don't know whether you're going to be good or bad and especially if you're already the funny one amongst your mates you assume you're going to be good now when I started my very first gig was in a nightclub in Liverpool there was 32 people there two of them were Hungarian tourists who had no idea what was going on they just went into the wrong venue there was two actual customers and 28 of them had come with me right. that was my very first gig my second gig was Beat the Frog in Preston um, and I took about eight or ten people with me. There was two cars worth of us that went up. Yeah. Um, and I was gigging with another comic who's now stopped called Lewis Calvert, who was a great comic for a while. And if he'd have stuck with it, he'd definitely be a pro comedian by now. Um, so one, me and Lewis were going together. One car was 
took Lewis and four and the other car took me and four um, that was the second gig and my third gig was at the Casa in Liverpool which legally holds 80 and we sold 120 tickets me and another comic called Dave Airy ran it we we booked a few local comics on and it was literally 120 people that either knew me or Dave or both we worked together um, and they were all really happy and we were like looking back we were absolute dog shit we like we were doing okay we were getting laughs it's which like, it's like homebrew comedy isn't it you're like we're gonna do this ourselves you almost make you're almost making the gig for yourself sort of thing that's exactly what we did we we we, th- we didn't know any other way to do it we thought oh well if we want to do comedy we're just gonna have to put our own thing on yeah but then you stopped doing that because when i gig with you you're just on your own yeah 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 totally yeah we, we I, I started going to beat the frog on my own and stuff like that um but he even a few to do that don't he, he even a to- few of them i took some mates with me and you know me m- mates were like really supportive and when to be fair when i started i don't want to sound too much like an arrogant knob i wasn't absolute dross i was getting laughs in most gigs in, in yeah. where yeah. i was trying i look back on the material and go oh my god i can't believe i was ever saying that, that that's an awful thing to say i'm not funny to me now and like you said at the start that doesn't mean that he won't crack onto that because some people yeah. do have a slightly ropey start but he's making it ropey with a character there's yeah. not loads of good working characters on the circuit. That's not to say characters aren't great. Yeah, I there don't really want to tell him not. It's hard. I, I I don't want to tell him not to do a character or to drop it for now. I, like I think the the again, I think it's a Doug Stanhope quote where he says, "Any comedian who gives you advice is just telling you how to be more like them." That's t- that's a fucking great. It, it's it's such a good like line and it's really true. So I don't want to say don't do a character. But if it was me in that situation and I'd started badly, but I really still want to do it, and a few of my friends were like, I don't really want to go anymore. First of all, stop inviting your mates. And I would figure out how to be funny as yourself on stage first. Because you're clearly a funny lad, because your mates told you to do this. This wasn't all your idea. Your mates were like, get up on stage, you you can do this. So be yourself, be funny. Get get to the point where you've got 10 minutes. And then if you're a bit bored of that and you're like, I don't like this, and you want to go back to this character then you'll have more skills than you've got now to apply that to that and maybe you'll find new avenues to make it work but yeah for now lads leave, leave the leave the fame at home yeah both of us talking about this I can feel in both of us we're like oh this is you've got to be so gently gently yeah. because we've both been there like when you're starting out and you want to do something it doesn't matter if your first two or three gigs have been wobbly you're like this is it it can be very addictive even without that smashing gig early on and it I think you've got a responsibility when you've done anything professionally whatever you've done like footballers journalists teachers when you see someone coming up and they have the least clue what to do but they care about it more than anyone in the industry like Doug Stanhope a 30 year veteran of comedy gives way less of a shit about comedy than the guy who's tried it three times and is dying to crack on because it's so obsessive when we talk about it you have got to be careful because I hate those more experienced comics who are like oh just whatever you know just get on with it you're like no it doesn't work like that It's it's once you get bitten you are totally you've got the bug I've got to be careful to not be dismissive of their sort of aspirations and hopes but it's it's a valid point like he's basically trying to go and going we love you just got to do something slightly different or, yeah. or stop bringing us to witness it and just to take it on a slightly other angle I've sort of theorised about this before which is that there's a mental health issue here right with, with regards to comedy so there's sort of a long sort of uh, history of people who are in comedy comedians especially um 
having mental health issues, right? And this is not just in comedy, it's in performers as well, or musicians, and people who generally get on stage tend to... Uh, there's a strong correlation, at least, between people who have, like, depression and anxiety and people who perform. And I've thought for a while of on the... Uh, looking at the cause and effect side of that because the the obvious assumption is your anxiety and whatever other issues you've got and that need for attention drives you onto stage in the first place however I think it's quite naive to look at it just from that side this guy I imagine he's got a few laughs I don't think he's completely bombed there will have been at least one where there's been 50 people at a gig or 100 people and they've laughed at one thing he said that can be enough because at one other point in your life are a hundred people facing the opposite way to you and all at once going, we really found that funny, that thing you've just said. I think that's so addictive. Like, and when you get to the point where you're good at it, I think that's where comedians' mental health issues can come from because how can you get that in normal life? You can't get it from anywhere else. You go from being on stage with 50, 100, 1,350 people at the auditorium in Liverpool and you're on stage and for an hour or 10 minutes or however long you're doing you've got the attention of every other person in that room if anyone talks while you're talking they're removed from the venue it's your time you can say whatever you want almost without any comeuppance you, you can get away with as much as any other human can as a comic for a, for a, however long you're on stage and every time you say something that was meant to be funny they all laugh in unison and that level of attention and serotonin rushing your brain and then you literally go and get in a car and drive for four hours home on your own <laughs> and then the next day you're in your house cracking jokes to your missus and she's like well you, is everything just a big fucking Turn joke to you the lights off <laughs> <laughs> like I think that's a, a big a big thing of uh, that is often sort of ignored is that side of it is getting that rush it's impossible to get anywhere else and if this guy's had even a little tiny bit of that he's not going to want to stop even if in 10 gigs he's had one laugh on the first one that will be enough to be like I need that again I'd I'd never ever tell someone to stop I'd never you've got no right just because you think you're good because whatever you think you've getting the gigs I've I've misjudged people that are coming up. I remember literally I've watched several comics and gone, You will never be a comedian and three years later they're a really good comic. You yeah. watch some people who hit the ground running like Shout you out did. to Freddie Quinn there, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> and he's doing fine. Yeah. He's, he's doing really got, well. He's doing he's doing well. He's alright, isn't he? <laughs> um but yeah, you just, you've got no, you've never got a right to say you can and can't do it. But I, I, I think this is brutal, but it's honest. And I, if I was James and I heard this, I'd be like, it, keep doing it, keep doing how you want to do it. But maybe just look at some slight changes of angle. It, I think it's going to be better for you. Yeah. Oh God, Adam. Do you know what I mean? We're inspirations. <laughs> That's how that felt. I mean, not to Freddie. We are absolute dickbags to Freddie, but. Oh. oh, but yeah. So the the other word there is with, with James, isn't it? And it's lad, keep on going, but leave your mates alone. And we do get it. Like it's like drugs. Like you've had a bit of heroin. You want some more? Go and find some heroin, lad. On your own. But yeah, <laughs> don't make it. Don't force your mates to watch you do heroin. <laughs> <laughs> Are we all put in for this heroin? Or at least wait until you're really good at doing heroin. <laughs> This analogy is still working. <laughs> Look around now, I'm going to do some heroin. Oh. We don't want any. You're not getting any. <laughs> I'm dead good at doing it. 
can find the vein. Brown sugar. Nice one, lad. Let's call it a pod. Let's call it a pod. Um, if you could share this, download, subscribe, find the videos, tell a friend. We've started great. There's n- the numbers are brilliant already. The feedback's been phenomenal. The ratings online, the, some of the messages we've got on Twitter and whatnot have been great. We want to spread the word. We want everyone to know about this. So uh, hook a brother up and just tell tell someone. Yeah. So if you do want to help us out here, if you are enjoying this, like obviously we're, we're going to keep doing this. And um we're, we're going to be more enthused to do that the more numbers we're getting and the more downloads and the more messages we're getting so the the ways that you can help us out with this is first of all head if you especially if you listen on Apple Podcasts go and give it a five star review and a nice comment there um, and if, if you've got anything in your life anyone in your life who we could have a word with and do this intervention the more have a words we get sent in the better for us we will get on them as soon as we can we will get through all of them we, we really will um, so get your have a words into us and and share it. So when we put a video out, hit the share button. And if if you're on Instagram and you see our video, pop the video on your story. And one of the most effective ways of sharing at the pod is get the actual link to the episode of the podcast and put it in your WhatsApp groups. That's how. That's a, a really good way of spreading this. Is putting it in to the chat with all your mates and going. I've been listening to this. It's dead dead funny. The more numbers we get, the more episodes you'll get. Uh, and eventually we're going to start doing live shows but we can't do that until we're getting massive download numbers and there's a, a proper demand to do some of these live and we'll have special guests on the live shows we're going to start getting special guests on some of these episodes eventually as well but yeah spread the word for us have a word with your mates and say get onto this podcast mate been a pleasure see you next week see you next week ta-da, ta-da.